So welcome to Profile 3 TV and today we're joined by Chris Beswick uh, who is going to tell us all about what he does and who he is. Uh, I'm very excited to talk to you today Chris so thank you for, for your time. No problems, pleasure. Excellent. So t- tell us a little bit about your background actually what you, you do at the moment because as I say it's a, a, a very exciting uh, job role uh, if you'd even call it that. Uh, I, I wonder if maybe you don't even call it that. Um. Listen, I actually don't know what to call myself in general. It's, um, yeah, so you're right. So I'm in the innovation space, right? You know, as a, as a summary. Um, and you're right, super exciting, um, really interesting. Um, let me answer the first bit. So my background was I started, gosh, in the early 90s as a designer. So I was a product and industrial designer. Um, and how I've got from that, to today, which is, um, in essence, uh, a strategic advisor on innovation. So I work with CEOs, senior directors, and boards of big organizations, helping them understand innovation, what it is, how to drive it, and specifically how to build uh, a culture of innovation or how to build the right cultures in organizations um, so that they can drive innovation on a daily basis. So don't ask me how I got from product and industrial designer to that. Um, it's, it's a good little story, but um, maybe for another time. Amazing. And innovation is so important today, actually, with um, you know, the, the challenges in the global market and new competition coming at us from all angles. So actually companies yeah. now, innovation is critical to companies to actually move to the next level, isn't it? Yeah, so, but I think the challenge with innovation, right, is this. We've traditionally looked at innovation through a very narrow lens. So the traditional conversations around innovation were all around product, you know, product innovation and being innovative and designing and creating new products. The challenge with innovation now and why it's become even more important is it's about such a, a much wider um, gamut of things. So it's not just about product. We now have experience and business model and, you know, even just leadership as a, as a, as a concept, you know, innovations now an important part, um, people. And the big challenge is how do we attract and retain the next generation of talent and innovation as a subject and as a capability in an organization is really, really important to all of those different things, more so than it ever has been before. Incredible, exactly as you're saying. So I would have traditionally thought innovation, as you say, products, and you can see, you can touch it and see changes. Mm. But, but, mm. but even then, you're saying service companies, service industries should be innovating as well. So any organization and anything it does, you need, you know, we now live in a world where, we have to change, we have to adapt, like super quick, right? So we've always got the macro strategy and the macro things that organizations want to do over you know, several years. But innovation, and innovation plays a part in that, in transforming organizations over time. But the, the micro stuff, you know, in, as opposed to the macro stuff, the micro activity that organizations do on a daily basis, Every part of that can be done differently, can be done creatively, can be done more efficiently, can be done better. And all of that, in essence, is innovation. 
um, in one way or another. And all of it should be open to looking at through the innovation lens. You know, why, why just focus on building a great product if, you, if your delivery infrastructure is terrible or your customer experience is terrible? So innovation is now used to build systems. So organizations operate in a, in a system and an ecosystem way. So it's not just about a product. It's about the product and the service that goes with it, the way that you buy it and the experience that you get as a customer, you know, absolutely everything. And that's, that's what builds the really successful companies. You know, companies like, and I don't like to cite them too much, but take Apple as an example everyone's going to understand. It's not just the product that's great. It's every part of that organization is designed to, to be absolutely superb. The packaging, the experience, the stores, you know, the logistics, you know, the whole system has been designed to win, right? And in essence, what me and my team do now is, and that's quite a nice way of summarizing it up, we, through innovation, we help organizations design themselves to win. Incredible. I, I actually don't think I've ever heard innovation described that way. Uh, and probably the first time I actually fully understood what innovation in the company is. So basically, it's everything from front door to back door, absolutely everything. Well, it can be, right? The, the point is, if you really want to build an exceptional organization, you can't just say, Innovation's just about the next product that we produce. You have to look at every part of your organization. But let, let's clear this innovation conversation up for, for you and everyone, or everyone listening. Here's what I think innovation is, because the definition is really important. Innovation isn't a thing, right? It's not something you do or that you have or that you can get. You know, it's not a tangible physical thing that you can pick up and hold or see, right? Innovation is an outcome, right? And one of the big challenges with organizations is they don't really define innovation and understand it enough as a word and as a subject to be able to capitalize on what it means. So what we do is we get organizations to understand that innovation is an outcome of lots and lots of brilliant stuff. So great strategy, brilliant leadership, a real understanding of how to spot problems and opportunities and then how to capitalize on those. So how do you spot something that your competitor hasn't or how do you unearth a problem that people have that you can then solve brilliantly and then commercialize that solution? So if you take that as a process, the end result for me and the phrase I use is, Innovation is a badge that can only be bestowed upon us by our customers. So if we do things brilliantly well, if we build a product or we spot an opportunity or we see our customers and they're really struggling with something or they can't do something and we build a solution for that and they buy that solution and it's so great, the customer says, wow, what that company have done, that product, the way I bought it, that was really innovative. It's absolutely amazing that's the result you want, right? That's the outcome that we should all be striving for as organizations. And if the customer says that was really innovative or that product is really innovative, then great. 
But you know what? If they don't label it innovative or as innovation, but the sales still go through the roof and they love it and they talk about it and it's absolutely amazing, who cares whether they call it innovation or not? The outcome is brilliant stuff for customers that they just come back to the organization day in, day out and, 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 and buy more and experience more. And if they label it innovation, great. If they don't, who cares? Because it's the outcome that matters. And that's one of the main things that we help organizations understand. Absolutely incredible. Though, thank you for explaining that for me. And then my last question around innovation is that, um, and we'll talk about obviously large companies have to innovate. That's for sure. But do you think even smaller companies or entrepreneurs there should be a a little bit of innovation even in in small companies as well? I think there's got to be lots of innovation in every company. I mean, if you look at the whole concept of of an entrepreneur or an entrepreneurial company the the very phrase that we use the language we use is talking about a company in an entrepreneurial way doing something different or producing something different or selling something or providing an experience the whole the whole point of entrepreneurship is i as an entrepreneur i'm, I'm out there doing something different and in some way shape or form that will mean there's innovation at play in that process Um, and if you think about innovation in the context that i've just talked about any organization big or small should be aiming for those outcomes Um, so innovation is relevant to every company big and small it's relevant to governments it's relevant to charities any organization where you want outcomes that are absolutely amazing, innovation is one of the tools to get there. Brilliant. Absolutely incredible. And thank you for explaining all that to us. And, and um, I guess in your current uh, role, you, you've worked with a lot of amazing companies and you've seen mm-hmm. a lot of CEOs and leaders. So to put, put a, a you know, very tough question, what, what, what do you think makes a, a good CEO? Um, as opposed to a good leader, so is that a separate question? Or yeah, I guess or, yeah. Or it, well, maybe uh, I I take your view on that. Is is there a CEO should be a good leader, or is it is it is it different? So that's, I think that's a sixty four thousand dollar question. <laughs> let's take leadership in general, right? So, um, what what we know about leadership and and our belief is that there are common components that make great leaders and specific to innovation so one of them is purpose right and innovation is predicated on on having real purpose and one of the core challenges that purpose will help us deliver is the next generation of talent that's coming in so everyone talks about millennials but we're now talking about generation z hitting the workforce purpose is going to be even more important to them than any other generation so purpose being a brilliant leadership trait as well um, starts to make sense now even more than it ever has done for organizations so we teach huge amounts of purpose and you know we talk about the language we use is how do we help organizations innovate with purpose or innovate on purpose so everything's got to be purpose-driven and great leadership 
is purpose-driven. The other thing that's really important to innovation is, is creativity. Now, that doesn't mean that brilliant leaders have to be creative themselves, but they should understand creativity and how creativity works and its part to play in driving innovation. And if you look at someone like Mark Parker at Nike, um, he's regularly voted the most creative CEO in the world. Like, like just super creative mind and a creative brain. And that filters down into his leadership style. Right? Um, the, the, the other core component is empathy, and it's probably one of the biggest ones. And again, what we, the work that I do with leaders is about aligning the stuff that we know is important for great leadership with the stuff that we know is important for driving innovation. So purpose we know is required for great leadership and great innovation. Creativity is required for both. And the third thing is empathy. Leadership uh, or empathy-driven leadership is super important, right? Because that is about understanding people and being able to look at the world from their point of view and understand their perspective. And when you have that, um, it gives you, it makes you think about people and the world in a very different way. Empathy is a, is a very specific thing that designers use a huge amount of. So Mark Parker at Nike will, empathy is a, will be a core part of what he does from a leadership point of view and a creative point of view. When we look at innovation, empathy again is one of the core components of driving innovation. So there's different frameworks, um, and some of your listeners may know them, outcome-driven innovation or jobs-to-be-done theory, et cetera. They are all, the, their foundations are in empathy and understanding exactly what people are challenged with, what real problems are. You know, that's jobs-to-be-done theory, in essence. How do we really understand the problem that people are trying to solve or have so that we can creatively solve it for them? So you look at people like Satya Nadella at Microsoft, for example, famously um, really values, probably more than any other CEO, um, really values empathy as a core leadership trait. And when you mirror those leadership values and behaviors and mindsets with when they mirror the core things that are required for innovation, you start to get a real connection through an organization where the leaders of the organization understand the core behavior that it takes to drive innovation. Um, so their behavior even mirrors the actual processes that you're going through and the tools and the approaches that you use when you try to drive innovation. That harmony in an organization is really important. So purpose, creativity, and empathy are three core things. Um, and what you find when you have those three core behaviors, you find leaders are more curious. And when leaders are more curious, they ask more questions, they're more interested. They also have a propensity then to take a little bit more risk because curiosity means they want to try things out. They want to experiment and they want to explore a bit more than they normally would. And all of those ingredients, um, that builds the ecosystem for innovation. Um, 
So the, the super, those three or four things are super important. Incredible, absolutely incredible. So that's that's uh, uh, actually the probably the most uh, uh, detailed definition that I've ever heard on, on that topic. So again, thank you. I, I no think problem. I don't have to buy a few books now for Christmas. That's me sorted. So brilliant. Well, you can still buy my book, obviously. I mean, that you know, brilliant. And that, to the pension, that would be fine. Yeah. Excellent. And we're going to be talking about that for sure. Excellent. And and we talked about entrepreneurs as well. Mm. What, what what qualities would an entrepreneur have then? Look, so I, I've got a, I've got a, I'm passionate about entrepreneurship, right? I started out as an entrepreneur. I started my first company in 98. I sold then a group of companies in 2008, so 10 years later. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been an entrepreneur um, and I've been through that journey, Um but let me give you a different perspective. I'll answer the question, but let me give you a different perspective. One of the challenges I think with entrepreneurship is we, we love to talk about the positive side of entrepreneurship, right? Entrepreneurship is glamorized. We have, you know, Dragon's Den and we've got The Apprentice and all those things. And the whole subject of entrepreneurship is, is a contemporary subject that everyone talks about what we don't talk about is the reality of entrepreneurship and the reality of entrepreneurship is the majority of entrepreneurs um i.e people that either quit their job or start something etc the majority of them will fail and even for the entrepreneurs that do make it the journey is not glamorous right my journey wasn't glamorous you know in those early days um, you know, 1998, 1999, 2000, you know, as, an, as a genuine entrepreneur who's funding things yourself, who's trying to build something, trying to do something different, there are, there are dark, lonely days through that journey. Um, so one of the core things that that tells us is for the ones that make it, there's huge amounts of resilience. And as, a, as an ingredient of what makes up entrepreneurs, I think resilience and belief and purpose are real core traits of what make entrepreneurs. I think the challenge is also being very, very self-aware because it's easy to have a belief that you've built something or you've got something or you've designed the world's greatest widget and everyone, you know, you're going to be a millionaire, you know. And it's easy to convince ourselves that we've done something different and we've got the next best thing since sliced bread. I think one of the core things about that makes the successful entrepreneurs is the a real high emotional intelligence um, that allows them to say, do you know what, Chris, I haven't actually got anything here and have that real honest conversation because what I think is the downfall of many entrepreneurs who could do great things is the blind belief that you've got something that's so different, everyone's going to want it. And in most cases, that's not the case. Um, so I think resilience, real high self-awareness, uh, and a real passion for genuinely wanting to do something different. Those are the core traits. And for some of us, it just works out. But for the majority of people, 
the reality that we don't hear about are all the people for who that journey doesn't work out. And I think that needs to be talked about more on, you know, in places like this and in the media, because I think everyone's seduced by this amazing thing of entrepreneurship. Um, and it's a very, very difficult road to travel uh, in reality. I can I can second that every every inch of it I've got the bruises and the 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 broken legs <laughs> that's the yeah, yeah yeah and so, you know but we don't talk about it because that's not the glamorous side that that the media want to portray and things like that um but that's the honest you know that's the real side of entrepreneurship you know I, I'll give you a very quick like example of that you know I'm I quit my job so I won't give you the whole thing, but you know, I'll, I'll summarize it in one particular situation. I've quit my job. I've started my own design consultancy. I'm about 12, 18 months into it. We're doing quite well. And then, you know, but I'm still operating out of the spare room in a tiny little, you know, two up, two down terraced house, still operating out of the spare room. And there was one period of time where we just could not get paid by clients and I'm talking some big global names um, who were our clients at that point and for about a week I literally hid in that bedroom from every phone call and every knock at the door because for about a week I owed a quarter of a million pounds to suppliers to freelancers that were working for us right and I could not pay any of those bills because the clients hadn't paid us. I had, the, I had my bank manager phoning, we were over our overdraft, you know, and you know, he'd, he'd extended that overdraft because he was a friend of mine and he, and he said, Chris, are you definitely gonna be able to pay this by this day? Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be fine, we'll do it. And the reality was, you, you, know, you, live, you live on the edge sometimes as an entrepreneur, and for about a week, I literally didn't want to answer the front door because I thought I was the bailiffs, we were going to get a seven-day letter through the door. And for some of us, and for most entrepreneurs, those moments in time are very, very, very real. Um, and luckily, I traded through it and we were okay. But, you know, that's the reality. You imagine the stress and the pressure. You know, you can't pay the mortgage. You can't go to the supermarket. We literally had nothing and we owed a huge amount of money. But that's, that's a real part of the entrepreneurial journey. Um, so, and, and most entrepreneurs will face that at, at some point in, in their life. And that's just a fact of, of real, what, what really being an entrepreneur is like. Yeah, very good. And, and those, those numbers are definitely scary numbers as well. I, it's I, just, look, 250,000 pounds. Listen, the, the house that I was operating out of was, I think I paid 48,000 pounds for it. The, ca the car that I was driving outside was like, less than 2000 it was a beat up old car that I was running around in you know it, the num the numbers are huge and that's the reality of sometimes when you're growing a business you know i'm not endorsing the fact that you sh you know cash flow in any organization is the make or break right so you know i'm not glamorizing the fact that i was in that position it's just a genuine example of what building as an entrepreneur trying to build and scale a business is like sometimes and it's the bit that never gets talked about no definitely not uh, again i very rarely very rarely hear anyone talking about this um so a, f a few few last questions so we talked about yeah. leadership and innovation at, at the top level of a business how, how do leaders then and, and ceos 
make sure that innovation flows through the whole company and, and through the teams. Mm. So one of the key, so I'll give you our perspective on this as well. So there's a lot of talk about, you know, is innovation top down? Is it bottom up? Um, we, we, I talk about innovation as middle out. And I genuinely think you scale innovation capability from the middle of the organization out. And what I mean by that is a leader's role and the senior team's role in driving innovation is to fund innovation, to back it, to take responsibility and accountability for it, and to actively say, we are genuinely behind innovation. It's a core part of what we need to do. We are there to provide the organization everything it needs in order to drive innovation. But they're not there to physically drive that on a daily basis, right? It's not their role in the organization. Similarly, we can't make innovation the responsibility of all the employees and hope that that transforms our organizations. What we also have in organizations are the middle layer, i.e. middle managers, who are typically the ones in organizations, and your listeners, will this will resonate with them. The senior leadership team in most organizations typically says to their middle managers, right, we need innovation, we need new stuff, we need to build a culture of innovation, so we want you to help drive that across the organization, um, and we want lots of new innovative stuff. But don't forget to hit your targets by 5 p.m. on a Friday. Right. So that's the core challenge, right? If I can sum it up, you drive innovation and you build a cool innovation by solving the existing business challenges that inhibit innovation. One of them is how we measure and reward behavior. And I think it's specifically important at the middle management layer. Um, and then it's about pushing that purpose through the organization and building the culture and building the ecosystem where everyone understands the value of contributing to innovation and solving problems and the value of creativity, et cetera, and where we've removed all the barriers that typically inhibit that behavior in an organization. And then the final step then is actually just giving everyone the right tools, the right frameworks, the right processes. That's the easy bit because they're, they're just tangible things. The first part is the, the, the bit that takes longer because that's about changing mindset and behavior and developing new capability and skills in people. Um, but in essence, that's one of the reasons why we wrote the book. So yeah. we wrote a, a best-selling book called Building a Culture of Innovation, which mm -hmm. was specifically for CEOs and leaders to help them understand how to do some of this stuff. Excellent. And, and uh, the, the premise of the book, and you, I guess the key message is that the, it's the culture of the organization is the, is the critical component. Yeah. So, you know, the tools, frameworks, innovation processes, all those things, they're just assets. They're just tools, right? Um, whether people use those tools, how effectively and efficiently they use them, etc., whether they're passionate about it, whether they bring creativity to work, all of those things are cultural. They're about relationships and people and everything else is just tools. Just like a laptop is a tool or your mobile phone is a tool. You know, that's just stuff. But the mindset, the behavior, the creativity, 
all of those things are all to do with people, culture, relationships, behavior. Um, and those are the more important things. Those are the sustainable things that when you change them for the better, that's when things shift in the organization because everything else is just stuff you can buy. Amazing. Excellent. I'm learning a lot here, actually, when I'm thinking of my own organization. So uh, uh, a lot of value. So thank you very much. For that. And, and part of what, what you do then day to day is you actually go out and help companies and uh, you do a lot of speaking uh, as well. And you have a program called Outcomes. Is that, is that correct? So, uh, so Outcome is basically what we call the work that we do. So, you know, I referred back to innovation being an outcome. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, so yeah, you're right. So I work globally uh, that me and a couple of guys that I work with, we work around the world with CEOs and senior teams of, of in react, the majority of the time, really big complex organizations who are probably already doing innovation. They've got innovation teams, they might have innovation labs, they've got programs running, but things aren't really delivering, you know, big enough change for them, or they're not really getting the return on that investment. So we work with that senior team to reshape their strategy, um, reshape their leadership capability, and then help, help them build a strategy for how they reshape their culture in order to deliver the outcomes that they want. Um, so outcome is the approach that we use, and we talk about all of our stuff being outcome-driven, um, so we basically just created a brand called Outcome um, to summarise, you know, how we work and what we do. Incredible, excellent. And and just just uh, for anyone here, when we talk about your book, uh, where, where can anyone get find the book, and where can anyone reach out and find out more about you and your organisation? Um, so I've got the book here actually. So that is the book. Um, so you can get that on Amazon. Um, there's a link on my website, which will just take you through to Amazon anyway. Um, but people can find me at chrisbeswick.com. Um, so there's no H, uh, in Chris, so it's C R I S B E S W I C K.com. Um, the same, I'm on all the usual places, Instagram, Twitter, anyone can connect with me on LinkedIn. If they've got a question, um, all the usual places, um, the best resource, though, one of the other things that I launched about 18 months ago now is something called The Future Shapers. Um, so if people check out thefutureshapers.com, um, that's a resource where we now have around 40, maybe even 50 thought leaders, experts, speakers, consultants, professors, a whole host of different people and they all provide content. They all write articles or what we call thought pieces. So they're really nice, short. Um, we call they're a thousand word or a 10 minute read. That's sort of how we frame them. So they're really short, consumable, you know, easy to digest pieces around different parts of the innovation challenge. So it could be strategy, it could be culture, it could be crowdsourcing, it could be, you know, how do we design the right physical environment in our offices? And it's a brilliant resource that's, um, that's still free. It's not going to be free for too much longer, but that's a free resource at the moment. I think we have something like nearly 500 articles on there that people can just go on and read. So anyone that just wants to read about innovation in general, or if anyone listening says, well, you know, in our company at the moment, 
we've got a real issue trying to build our innovation strategy. Go on there and search for those keywords. And there's some brilliant content on there that anyone can access for free at the moment. Um, Absolutely incredible. So that's probably the best place for people. No, that's, that's incredible. I, I, I definitely will check that out. And um, all the links, of course, will be underneath this video and uh, within the article here so anyone can, can click through. So what, what's next for innovation uh, and even yourselves? What, where, what's next in the, <laughs> on the path? So um, I think the culture bit is, um, I think the culture, the culture component um, is the next big thing that organizations are going to really start to look at that you know there's been a lot of you might have heard the phrase innovation theater over the past sort of five six seven years so post Lehman brothers really um lots of and i don't undermine the work that a lot of organizations have done some organizations around the world are doing amazing things um but presently it's still been focused today on how do we design and create the next thing that we're going to sell um there's now a real shift in the conversations we're having to say, we've done that and we've got that in place now. How do we really start to build a culture of innovation? You know, how do we transition from an innovation team to innovation being an organization-wide capability? And pretty much all the conversations we're having with clients now are about shifting their focus into that long-term building and designing of that culture of innovation. So. Um, that's going to be, I think that's going to be the next focus. You know, there's all, there's digital and AI and blockchain. There's all these distractions at the moment. Um, but the reality is innovation and the capability to be innovative underpins all of those things. There will always be a blockchain. There will always be an AI. There will always be a digital. But if you can do digital in an innovative way, that's the key. So innovation as a capability is is something that sits under all of those things that that will always you know be coming at us you know we've got digital's the big thing at the moment but in another two years it will be something else there will always be a version of digital or something um so building that innovation culture and specifically because generation z are starting to trickle into the workforce now that cultural component of how organizations operate that's going to be really really important so i'm excited about the next few years excellent no no so it sounds amazing and i'm going to look forward to consuming a lot more of your content as as i uh, continue on my journey so again thank you very much for your time today and hopefully everyone's had some amazing value from from today's interview make sure you check out the links today and visit uh, chris's website so that that's us finished today it's kieran from profile three the content marketing agency hopefully we we'll see you in tomorrow's video thank you 